Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest. I'm going to be joined by Ty Yeager. He is one part of the uh, duo that is part of the At The Line podcast. And you have your own uh, podcast community. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Ty? Uh, the Rise Up podcast community is just kind of a, a small community that's it's not it's not anything like a network or anything like that, but it's a community of other podcasters just helping each other out, whether that's improving upon podcasts of finding new or different products or trying to think programs that you guys would use, like recording and all that video edit, audio editing, all that, or just simply to get the word out that there's these other podcasts around that we a lot of our a lot of our community is just helping each other retweet our content and stuff like that. Just make sure that everyone get, everyone's podcast gets to many, as many ears as possible. Yeah, so it's really cool. So go make sure you go check that out. It's called the Rise Up Podcast Community. And for more information, we'll go ahead and plug that near the end of the show. But I'm sure you can go and hit up Ty on social media, specifically on Twitter, because I believe the Rise Up Podcast Community is on Twitter and your personal yes, podcast uh uh, the link the link to your your uh, podcast community is on your personal Twitter page. So we'll go ahead and plug those near the end of the show. But thank you for joining us. We've had you on at least one more one other time before. It's always good to have you come back with us, and it's always good to have Steven Anderson, who's been MIA for quite some time, because he's the <laughs> hardest working man in San Antonio right now. You're you're you got a full time job. You're doing your sports coverage. You're all over the place. So thank you for making some time and coming out on the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you back on, Stephen. Yeah, it's great to be back. Yeah, it's, it's been a busy time in addition to, uh, obviously, Spurs coverage, waiting on to see what Kawhi's going to do. Uh, you know, But other than that, we're going to talk some TV. We're going to talk some movies. I have a side job that also does that as well, so I'm excited to get that part of it on here too. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and dive right in here, and we're going to talk about Spider-Man. Far From Home. I saw it on 4th of July, and it was a really good movie. I know Steven hasn't seen it yet. I'm going to divulge that right right now. And we're going to try not to spoil a lot of the movie for you guys. So this is your last warning right here. This is a... If a spoiler comes out here, it's not meant to... You know, going to come out from me. It might come out from Ty because that's just how he is. He has to be able to communicate and convey what he saw. So... It's hard to, it's hard to really, kind of explain of how what some aspects that you like about this movie without giving out major yeah. plot points. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah, and I understand that. That so right now, if you all have not seen this movie, this is going to be a spoiler review. You know, it's going to contain spoilers in it. So if you haven't seen the movie, this is your last chance to back out or or fast forward oh. so you won't. Let's say we won't uh, spoil the movie for you. So without alert, further ado, alert! It's yes. a spoiler alert. A spoiler alert! I needed to have my little, you know, voice thing going on, the little uh, soundbite machine, so I could push a button. I, unfortunately, I didn't arm it for this episode, but I'll have it on the next one. So you've been warned. So here we go. We're gonna dive into this Spider-Man Far From Home review, and I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm a big time Spider-Man n- nerd. I've Read the comics extensively way back in the 90s because <laughs> that's all we had you know, to do before the advent of the, the Internet. We read comic books and I read The Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, uh, you know, everything you can think of. There, there were several uh, 
you know, comic book versions of Spider-Man going on at this at the time. The Spectacular Spider-Man was another one. And each one of these, you know, they had different reincarnations of the the character himself fighting various, you know, villains and whatnot. So I know the story of Mysterio and what's going on with, you know, Spider-Man and these these elementals that, you know, play a big part in the movie itself. Um, But I went in knowing right away, you never trust Mysterio. (laughs) You know, you'd never trust Mysterio. And I think that Jake Gyllenhaal, he had a really good portrayal of the of the villain of the film, which was Mysterio. I think he really played uh, Mysterio quite well. And this was a good Spidey film on my part, because aside from Jake Gyllenhaal and playing Mysterio really well, you had a lot of things that you wanted to see out of a Spidey film. You had, you know, the the explanation of what happened, you know, post the snap and everybody coming back, because that was a big question that a lot of us Marvel fans had, you know, when we were watching Endgame. What was life like for these guys? You know, they're coming back and it's like five years have gone by and we wanted to know what life is like after that. And this kind of explained a little bit about that. But it was kind of a Spidey movie where there's a lot of comedy. You know, the characters, the usual suspects, but you see them in, in, in different, I guess, set pieces, you know, that are played out in Europe. You know, and it was nice. It was a nice Spidey film. A good it was a good family film. I mean, of course, it was a lot of excitement, a lot of humor, everything that you wanted out of, out of a Spidey film. This movie delivered, you know. So so what did you think, Ty? I mean, what did you think about about the portrayal of Mysterio? All right. So just overall, in it, like you said, this is a really good Spidey film. Just knowing that because I'm not the type of guy I don't I haven't read any of the comic books, but I'm aware of how the characters have been betrayed in the comic books. And this is a really good Spidey movie. This is, I think this is probably my second favorite out of the Spidey movies I do like. My first being uh, Into the Spider-Verse. But just overall, between the cast, the action, the story, the the comedy, it was all, all of it hit. And I was probably laughing way too hard at the beginning because that's when they were explaining the snap, the snap part. I was har- laughing way too hard. They they the, named uh, it the blip. <laughs> I was I, I was laughing way too hard at the in memorial in Comic oh, Sam's. Oh God! First I, was laughing, first I started laughing at that. And I'm like, oh God, I should not laugh at this. It was so bad. They, it was good, Ty. It was so bad. Yeah, it was exactly. good. And then they showed the blip of them uh, of the band fading out. I'm like, so all right, so I'm coming back to reality. And then the next shot is one of the band guys getting hit in the head with the basketball. I'm like, can I get stop dying laughing? And I said, I feel so bad. I can't stop laughing now. No, my favorite, um, my favorite part in the beginning was that one kid, they're doing the news, you know, and five years have gone by. And he's like cur- cursing, you know, and he's the girl's like, we can't be cursing on, on TV. He's like, it's the last day of school. Nobody cares. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. You know what? That's the most accurate thing out of the whole filmy film. No one cares on the last day of school. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, uh, when it came to Mysterio, no, I think they were trying to throw a lot of curveballs at you with the trailers that, oh, this could actually be a good Mysterio. Nah, it, and they they just throw it straight back in your face. You guys know. You guys knew this was coming. And yeah. Jake, this Marvel had had a long run of bad villains early on, and then like in Phase Two. But Phase Three, it this movie caps off Phase Three, and it caps off it with another great villain. This is a, this has to be one of the top villains, top five villains in the MCU, just based on 
the portrayal by Jake Gyllenhaal that was perfect. There is, I want to say sympathy. Sympathy isn't the right word, but there's a lot of understanding what he's doing. And just the way that he goes about it is very clever. He's not a dumbass in any way. He is a very yeah. intelligent person, and he knows how he's running it. And I loved all the Mysterio scenes, probably the most visually stunning scenes within the whole MCU as a whole. And my la my favorite scene, the whole, I think now in the whole MCU now as a whole, is the Spidey Sense scene of him in that one hallway <laughs> kicking ass and taking names of all those drones oh that yeah, has yeah. to be my favorite scene where i'm like holy s this is effing awesome yeah that that was a, a memorable scene but one of the memorable scenes for me was gonna probably be aunt may hitting him on the head with the banana and saying <laughs> banana. you you didn't know that was coming with your peter tingle <laughs> and it, i love it that actually that actually sets up something that they don't really dress forwardly that that uh, Peter's spider sense isn't working throughout the whole film until the until the last scene. That's when it kicks in finally. And yeah. I love that. It's a, it's a very subtle nod to showing that his spidey sense isn't there. And it kind of shows it throughout throughout the movie with the banana scene and then the um then the uh, Mysterio all out banana bazanza scene of a that's just graphically amazing. Yeah, man. What what really made me bust out laughing was ned man this boy <laughs> comes out of he goes on the plane he doesn't have a girlfriend right then he comes He's out of the plane. <laughs> he has a girlfriend before peter parker even really gets the, a chance to to do anything with with mj you know he didn't even get to talk to mj on the whole flight and then this boy sits next to this girl and then he's like hey babe and she just kisses him i'm like what what happened <laughs> I think I think Peter's reaction was the crowd's reaction is like this is perfect, <laughs> and it so, in another video that I saw it said it, that this was a great movie showing the Peter luck, which is Peter Parker's is known to have horrible luck within the comics. Yeah, and it, I think Spider Man Two even showed that, and this was another great movie of showing that Peter does not have the best luck half the time. No man, especially <laughs> when they're starting to make his suit, you know the the stealth suit, the black stealth suit. And one of the oh one of the agents is like, you know, they pull off. There's a bus scene, right, where the the kids all pull off at a rest stop. They're going to the bathroom and everything, and the the driver kind of tells Peter, "Hey, man, you got to go over here. They're waiting for you." And another little building, like kind of like a a gas station almost, you know, like a little pub, yeah, place where you go in and get some food and something to drink. It goes in there, and there's this European agent, female, you know, and she's like, "Take off your clothes now." You know, you got to try this suit on right now. And he's like, oh, oh, he's an awkward teen kid. I mean, it's weird, you know, trying to get undressed in front of this stranger you've just met. So he's like, OK. So he starts trying to take off his pants. And right right at that point, that's where this this kid that was like a loser. Now, five years later, he's like, what was his name? I forgot, it. I forgot his name, but he's like the chick magnet now. It's like all the all the girls want to go after him. And he, he has the hots for MJ. So he comes out and he sees Peter with his pants down and then he has the audacity to take a picture of him because he's like, I'm going to send it to MJ. I'm like, what a uh. dick, dude. So that that was funny. You know, I, I, I was laughing at that scene. Yeah, again, it goes back to that to that that Peter look. Yeah, where it's just not good there for him. And when it when it comes to the chemistry, because this movie is full of great chemistry and 
Zendaya and Tom Holland have great chemistry oh, yeah. and it really and that relationship between Peter and MJ is very believable and it's perfect and I really enjoy it as a whole. It just and you can see that Zendaya she lets MJ off because MJ is more of like kind of that kind of the emo type or close up everyone close herself off from everyone. Yeah. And then once she kind of learns Peter's secret, she kind of she doesn't know what to do. And you see the personality change and that's a realistic personality change as a whole. Yeah. You know, she changes because she has a dark sense of humor. I think that's what Peter likes about her because she's not like the other girls, you know, stereotypical girls that all these guys go for. He likes her because she's smart and she's funny, has a dark, twisted sense of humor and kind of, you know, she's quick witted and she can, you know, dish it out with Peter and all that. So it, it makes more like what you were seeing was each character kind of, you know, flourish and come into their own a little bit. And it showed that MJ's not the damsel in distress. Like she can take care of herself, you know, and she can yeah. even help him out, you know. So it looks like uh, it was good teamwork. You know, it's like they showed that they were like a legit team, you know, and then they had Ed. It's like the trifecta, you know, I was like, hmm. yeah, you know, this is like, you know, this is the the spider Spider-Man team, you know, that he has with them because you need a good support base if you're going to be a superhero. Well, he has it in his best friend, Ned and MJ. So. It's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic will work because all guys know that once you meet a girl, you just want to be with her and then your boys get jealous. So I wonder if that's going to have a factor to play in the next movie. What do you think? Uh, I has to. And knowing how they knowing how the end credit scene happens, too, there's a there's a endless amount of possibilities that are going to happen. Before I get there, I just want to give a shout out to Martin Starr, who plays plays Mr. Harrington, which <laughs> <laughs> I, Martin Starr is because if you if, have any of you seen uh, Silicon Valley, yeah, I have. It's yes. it's hard to see see him play um, whatever his character is in Silicon Valley and then play this nerdy teacher <laughs> that just has the worst luck. <laughs> yeah, man, I remember yeah. th they had one scene where the kids finally land in Europe, and they're was I think they were in Venice. That's the first city that they went into, yeah. and they're like, "We are not staying here. This is not the place." Because the whole like hotel the bottom lobby it's like there's like maybe 10 inches of water you know and they got boards and stuff all over the place it was funny you know so the the teacher had just as much bad luck as peter did until you know things started going better oh the the what is it the tour company gave us free tickets and it was <laughs> it was shield you know <laughs> my, my wife had flipped out on me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah horrible. oh my god you should have heard the crowd when he said that, man. Everybody was busting out laughing. He's like, well, my wife, uh, what did he say? that He came back, right? But the wife, she said that she no, blipped. I think he was, I think he, say, he said he survived and his wife faked blipped out on him. Oh, yeah. She faked blipped out on him, but she really went with another guy during yeah. those five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but going on to the end credit scene. Holy ass, that drive, that's a, it's just full of stuff that's worth a fan service and just of holy ass moments of really, they went there. No. You have to um, stay though. Word of caution. Don't leave. If you're going to go see the oh, movie or if you've already seen it, you know what we're talking about. You got to stay to the very, very end. And then you're like, holy crap. You know? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to spoil the, I'm not going to spoil the end credit scene for, yeah. for Anders. But I was like, and I'm seeing people who said, Oh, what happened? This happened during the end credits scene. I didn't stay. It's like, why aren't you staying? 
This is a Marvel film. You should be expecting to stay the whole credit scene. This is like expected. Why are you not staying? Yeah, that they you really needed to stay and and till the very end. I think every diehard Marvel fan knows that. You know, it's not like a an end game, you know, where they already told you, hey, there's not gonna be any end credit scenes. That's it. The movie's over. It's over. You know, but more than likely, you know, if you're gonna watch a Marvel film that's based, you know, in the MCU, there's more than one post-credit scene that's going to be popping out. You got to wait to the very end. I saw a lot of people leave too. As soon as the movie was over, they just got up and took off and half the theater cleared out and the other half was there waiting and they're like, we're going to see our end credit scenes, you know? So I was like, yeah, I, hmm. Yeah, people were leaving like, why are you guys leaving? This is not you. I was guessing like some of the older people were leaving. I was like, okay, that's expected. But like young, people around my age, I'm like 21. And they're leaving like, you guys have grown up with this. You should know what's coming. That they should have. You know, it's an MCU movie. You're going to want to stay and you're going to want to watch it. You know, the, the the end credit scenes, the post credit scenes. But they were very well done. It was amazing. It's going to be a big reveal. I don't want to ruin it for Steven either. But you got to yeah, stay, uh, Steven. You're going to be like, <laughs> you might say, holy shit, when you're in the theater, you know. <laughs> oh, I was too. I was like, holy F, this is, they're going this way. Holy shit. I won't ruin it for you, Steven, but stay to the end because you're going to see a familiar face. Let's just put it that Got way. Got it. Okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> so anyway, I give, I'm going to go ahead and give my review of Spider-Man Far From Home. I said I gave it five Peter Tingles out of five because <laughs> it was very well done. <laughs> what do you think, Ty? Uh, usually I base my ratings out of 10, so I'm going to say 9, nine uh, Peter Tingles out of 10. Yeah, you got to see the movie to get the Peter Tingle, man. It was it was funny. <laughs> so, moving on, now we're going to go ahead and review Stranger Things Season 3. Now, Ty hasn't seen it yet, but in this one, Mr. Anderson, Stephen Anderson, has seen yes, sir. Stranger Things yep. Season 3. I binge-watched the whole thing for 4th of July. I couldn't help myself. I had to see it all. I stayed up late. Uh, my daughter had made a homemade fried chicken. So I was eating that. And I was, oh, yes. you know, had the whole thing with me. I had the corn. I had the mashed potatoes. I had biscuits. I had the whole bit. And she even made cupcakes. So I was in it for the long haul. I had my tea with me, you know. So I had my red, white, and blue t-shirt on. I wasn't going anywhere, you know. So I stayed there and binge watched the whole season in one sitting. It was amazing. I thought this was the best uh, season of Stranger Things. It was really well done. And if you have any emotion in your body, you're <laughs> going to get teary-eyed near the end. You know, at the end that of this. That last episode, I wasn't ready for it. It's like, oh, you know, especially if you have kids, you know, especially if you have a daughter. This one's going to pull at your heartstring. And it did me, you know, I was like, damn it. Damn you. Damn you, Stranger Things. You got me. You know? So what did you think of the season? I mean, I, I thought it was great. What did you think, Stephen? Well, first off, um, since I do uh, also TV coverage for other sites, um, I did get a secret look or secret sneak peek at the season before anyone else did. And that's why I, told, I tweeted out. I was like, y'all are not ready for what you're going to see. And seeing the reactions from everybody... They weren't ready. And even though I, we all knew, uh, even though I knew what was coming at the end, I wasn't expecting it either. But overall, I think it is the best season they've had. 
Um, it does make me question where they're going to go from here. I mean, I, I would be very shocked if there wasn't a fourth season. I, I'm pretty sure there will be. But um, overall, was, honestly, what I did is I went and watched the first two again because it was such a long wait. I kind of forgot what little bits and pieces of what had happened through other parts of uh, the first two seasons. So I went back and watched the first two and then watched the third when I got the okay from my people, I could watch it. So we did that. I mean, when you watch it all together, it really makes sense, but watching it standing alone without a, uh, going off of those first two, if you're just getting into it or if you just watch it like you did, Joe, it was probably the best season they've had. I mean, there was action, there was drama, there was, yeah, so the the second the, I can't do it now. The third season was probably the best season they've had ever. Um, first off, you had drama, suspense, terror. I'm not going to ruin it for Ty, but I mean, it's the best season they've had. And the ending, I was not expecting, even though I had watched it already, because I do, like I said, I do go for a, uh, I do write for other sites that covers TV news and all that. So I, I had seen it in advance of the Fourth of July release, and I knew what was coming at the end. And even though I knew that, I still watched it again and still got upset at the ending because you, you grow attached to these characters the longer you watched it. You, you watch it. And so, I mean, overall, it was a very good season. It makes me wonder where they're going to go from here because considering how it ended, how they're going to move forward. But, I mean, it, I don't see it being Netflix getting rid of it. I mean, it's one of the biggest shows they have. I don't see it happening. So, it'll return. I'm just wondering how it's going to return and how they're going to address that ending and if – what happened really happened or is it really just like a dream sequence type of thing you know no i I think this is really what's happening it's like these kids are getting older they're being put into uh, more extravagant situations you know where Mm -hmm. there's real world consequences i thought that's what this season did very well you know people aren't going to come out of here unscathed you know there's going to be something that's really going to happen here you know and Mm -hmm. People are going to, you know, obviously people who haven't watched it, and I don't want to ruin it for them. They're going to be a little shocked, you know, because right. it's different now. You know, when they were mm-hmm. when they were younger, when they were children, they were still put in danger and all that. But the stakes have gone up. You know, they're, I think they, I think they did that last year, too. It's second season. Whenever they killed off, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, oh, they are the, the, the Samwise Gamshee is what I call him. That's how I remember him <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so when they killed him off last season, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, this is going to – they're treading up to – what you, as you said, Joe, they're treading up to their adulthood type where you're going to deal with these real-world situations. And I think that's where they were treading – they were trying to kind of push the show in that direction with that character being killed off. And when they did that, seeing how fans responded to it, and then they, they – I like how they gave him like a nice touching kind of like – I'm not really going to say a tribute, but they kind of like ended his – he came full circle his kind of time on the show yeah. and considering with this season, of the week uh, it started and how they gave a tribute to him. I like that. And then obviously the ending, we can talk about that in a minute, but I mean, you're right. It's going into real world situations. And I'm, I, I'm excited to see these kids grow up and facing reality and seeing like how this is going to affect things moving forward. Yeah. Cause I think the next thing for them, cause I believe in this stage, these children are about what? They're maybe eighth graders going into ninth grade, or were they already going into ninth grade? I think they're grade? probably going to be in high school soon. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. They're going to wind up doing. Maybe the biggest threat isn't, you know, going to be maybe more monsters or what supernatural, you know, entities come out and and try to, you know, do them harm. 
it it might be tying in with real world situations like high school, you know, and how <laughs> how hard that is with dealing with all these kids, you know. So I, I think that would be really cool to tie in real world situations based on, you know, let's say if they're at a dance and then you have something attacking them there while they're here with all their friends or their girlfriends or whatnot, you know, it's going to, I think that'll kind of bump things up and give the viewers something different, you know, that they're kind of wanting already. So I just thought that this season of stranger things, it did really well as far as giving you that eighties nostalgia vibe from the mall, the, the sets to the clothing, I, I, it was really well done. You know, there was a, a mistake that I saw there, and, and it was a Slim Jim. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Pay attention to the Slim Jim. You you know what I'm talking about. You're going to see it in the movie, where or in the movie, in the series, where they go to a 7-Eleven. Pay attention to the Slim Jim. <laughs> Pause it if you have to and look at it, and you tell us what's wrong with this. That's I all. was wondering, were there Slim Jims even in the, I'm not from the 80s, I'm, no, I'm 29. There so was I, Slim Jims. There was okay. Slim Jims. There was Slim Jims there. But you, you got to pause it. You got to pay real close attention and tell us what's is wrong this, with those Slim Jims. Is this is this like Game of, Game of Thrones type of uh, Starbucks coffee cup? No, it's not the coffee cup. Yeah. It's the Slim Jim, man. It, it, you you got to look at it. There's something fishy about it, man. Let's just say that you have to like maybe pause it and really look at it and you'll be like, Oh, you know, it'll hit you once yeah. you, you really take a look at it. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but when you get to that scene, really pay attention to what's happening. It's like, oops, you know, <laughs> it was funny. A lot of people, it's, it's trending on Twitter right now. A lot of people noticed it wasn't yeah. just me. Wasn't Steven. Everybody else noticed, but mm -hmm. it was a really good season. A lot of action. A lot of drama, a lot of things happening with with all the characters, leading up to the climatic climactic, uh, you know, season finale, and there is mm -hmm. a post credit scene and and this uh, yeah. ending of Stranger Things that really leaves a lot of questions to be answered, you know. So you're yeah. like, okay, you know. So make sure you really pay attention to that end credit scene. I had to watch it uh, at least twice just to mm -hmm. to see exactly did I really hear this and okay, you know, this is what's happening now. And, you know, I don't want to ruin that, but you, you got to really pay attention to that end credit scene. It was it was really well done, maybe alluding or leading up to something that might tie in for next season. So mm -hmm. I thought it was good. I, it was really nice season. It was a lot better than season two. Season two had ups and downs. It got off to a slow start near the mm -hmm. end. It, it started getting its legs again and started rolling, but... This one was well done from the beginning to the end. Really nice. I, I thought it even rivaled season one. So kudos yeah. to everybody. The Especially the season finale. That was a masterpiece, man. That was really well done. What'd you think about I think that? It was the best fin best finale they've had in the entire series. Um, I, I actually wrote an article about the season, which I have not released yet because obviously it just came out uh, yesterday. So I'm giving fans time to watch it, to process it like we're doing right now. And by Monday, I'll be posting that article. So um, to give my thoughts on the whole thing in a more in-depth uh, tone. But uh, that season finale, I, that's the first thing I touched on actually when I wrote. And uh, that season finale was not only the best one, but it, it, it kind of unraveled things from the first two seasons into this season. And then it, the, and then that post credit scene 
raises more questions about what's going to happen next season. So it was like a, a good a good balance. Yeah, I thought so as well. I mean, if you have to rate it out of I rate it out of five stars. I'm going to go ahead and give this season a full five. I, I thought they did really, mm-hmm. really well written. Everybody, you know, had they played their roles really well. And the set design, you know, making you feel like you were in that era. You know, you were back in the 80s again with all the nostalgia, the set designs, costume designs. Everything yeah. was really well done on par. I give it five out of five. What do you give it, Stephen? Because of the Slim Jim thing, <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to give it a 4.9. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, I graduated with a comm arts degree. I, I have a background in media, social media, in film and all that stuff. So I look for those things. I mean, I cannot sit there and watch any movie, no matter what it is, without dissecting how they – the angle they shot it at and all that stuff. So because of that, I have to give it a 4.9. <laughs> yeah, you're the Russian judge. <laughs> <laughs> you're the Russian judge. You're that guy, Stephen. So – there you go. And, you know, that's another thing. There are Russians in season three. That was no surprise. So that was another thing that I thought was really well done. Kind of like kind of like a Red Dawn kind of thing that they were throwing mm-hmm. in there. So really, really nice. I loved it. Can't wait for the next one. So moving on from our review of Stranger Things and the Spider-Man Far From Home, let's go ahead and talk about some comments that Richard Jefferson had to say oh, about not only San Antonio, but Tim Duncan, you know, and the thing is, let's be honest here. You know, I put it out there and I said, you know, yeah, it might have been a bit or what have you, but it was just was in poor taste. Guy already knows that Spurs fans don't like him. He never lived up to expectations, played very poorly when he was here. You know, and we traded some, you know, we, we, we gave up some things for him, you know, and I think that's the thing that didn't sit well with Spurs fans. He never lived up to the expectation, took the money. We had to let him go. One of the worst, you know, trades that the Spurs have done in, in Spurs history. One of the best. One the of worst, the worst, actually. Yeah, it's it's the worst one. I, I'm trying to, you know, I didn't want to make it that bad, but it really was. <laughs> it was one of the worst trades the Spurs had ever done. And no wonder that people just didn't really kind of have a liking to him. You know, he looked great when he was with the Bucks. He came here and laid an egg. Then he goes on to this video, you know, that was set up, I believe, in June uh, on men's. uh, It was men's health that he did the video for. It was on YouTube and he's doing a bit. Let's be honest. He's doing a bit. He's saying people that I one player in particular that I never want to play for again is Tim Duncan. He called him a dick and he was saying that he had no personality. He never laughed at his jokes. I'm sure it was a bit. He's kidding around. But then he goes, you know, and says makes a comparison and says, Milwaukee is like San Antonio with snow. San Antonio is a dump, you know? So I'm like, okay. Still in bad taste. I mean, it's like, why do you see always have to say anything about San Antonio? I mean, you could do your bit. You can do whatever you want, poke fun at players, what have you. But why say anything about cities that you played for? That just, to me, it just, that's in poor taste, man. You know? So what did you think what, what, with Ty? Ty hasn't said something in a while because... We were rambling on about Stranger Things season three. So, Ty, what did you think about these comments? Uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's just him having a sour taste in his mouth and letting it get out. It's, I, there's been a lot of bad mouthing of San Antonio, of the San Antonio and the organization as a whole lately, and I think he's just adding on to the pile at this point. It's very unnecessary if 
I don't, I don't know. It's just not. It just un, it feels very unnecessary. Yeah, there's some things true that. Yeah, I know that San Antonio does not have the bit the biggest nightlife compared to cities like Toronto and L.A. But it's, San Antonio is not a horrible town in a in any way. You for you to call it a dump that's just insulting. I'm sure there's not very much of a nightlife in Milwaukee. I mean, it's like 10 or 20 below. I mean, what are you really going to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's Yeah, I I live up in Dallas, so I know and I haven't been to San, I haven't lived in San Antonio in almost a decade, but I was I grew up in San Antonio, so I know it just the general area of it, it's very nice. San Antonio is always going to be nice. It's going to be hot as hell though during the summer, but this is during the winter when it's kind of the better weather. And also, you can't ignore the food. How can you not? How can you not love San Antonio food? Oh yeah, man, definitely. The food here is on, on another level. You know that's why everybody's fat over here, man. I'm gonna be honest and say it. I'm a big boy. My friend Rudy's a big boy. You're gonna gain some weight when you come to San Antonio. So bring your stretchy pants. <laughs> oh no, I was just gonna agree. San Antonio has some of the best food in food in the country. I don't. You can't. You can't contest it. Yeah. So, Stephen. Sir. What did you think about Richard Jefferson's <laughs> comments? Okay, well, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so basically his name, his nickname for Spurs, from Spurs fans is Dick Jefferson. Yeah. And I think his nickname lives up to what he actually is because, I mean, okay, mate, you're right, guys. Maybe San Antonio is not the best nightlife compared to L.A., New York, apparently Toronto. I wouldn't know. But correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Did he play for Cleveland? Played for Cleveland. Sure did. He played for Cleveland. Okay. Okay. Now, I've not never lived in Cleveland, but I've passed through. It's it's awful. <laughs> I don't cons- I don't know I don't know what nightlife Cleveland has other than bars and yeah, that's about it. So basically bars are the are their nightlife and I mean, at least San Antonio has clubs. We got the rodeo. We got movies. I mean, we got a freaking the Palladium you can go to. I mean, we got stuff to do here. We got Top Golf, um, Milwaukee. Never been there, but I can also assume it has very little to no nightlife. As far as his comments on Tim Duncan go, um, never met Timmy in my life, but I mean, other people have said Timmy has no personality. I mean, that's something he has had. Uh, floating around him for a, a long time. And I mean, even Timmy, Timmy even made it his own joke at himself. Uh, I think it was his retirement party or Manu's where he said, I talk longer than 10 minutes. You know, I crack a few jokes. I didn't wear, I wore some slacks. So, I mean, people, he knows the stigma that goes on around him and stigma is maybe not the right word, but I mean, he knows the, the uh, reputation he has in that area. Um, as far as him being a bad teammate or whatever else he said, I mean, he's the first one and, what 20 something years to complain about that. So I, I, he's just a bitter guy. They got one championship out of luck. I might add, um, he got that championship out of luck because if, if golden state, uh, if Steph Curry didn't miss those two free throws and it missed a three pointer at the end, they probably wouldn't even have had a ring. So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know what? That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> yeah. So moving on, it was just something that he was doing as far as a bit. He was trying to be funny. It just, it just kind of was a miss. It was just done in poor taste. I just think he alienated more people than than he wanted. You know, it's just one of those videos that eh, maybe when he looks at it again, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, maybe I, sh- I shouldn't have said that, you know, but it's it's up. It's out there. It's up on the Internet. It's out there forever now. So good luck to you, buddy. You know, you're always going to be hated. 
here in San Antonio, and that's not going away anytime soon. So moving on, we're going to go ahead and talk about this Boogie Cousins billboard that popped up, you know, right near the holiday se- season. Uh, you know, well, not holiday, but, you know, what I'm talking about, Fourth of July. Well, Fourth of July holiday yeah. weekend. This billboard popped up. And a lot of Spurs fans, you know, were, were scratching our heads like, well, where is this billboard at? You know, some people had posted it on uh, it started on Instagram. Then it, it, you know, kind of moved over to to Twitter where I saw it, saw some people from the Express News tweet, tweeting it out, saw Jeff Garcia, good friend of mine, uh, works for News 4 San Antonio and Spurs Zone. He was uh, tweeting it out as well. We're having discussions behind the scenes and we're like. Is this thing legit? Is it real? Nobody. How come we haven't seen more pictures of it? Second guessing it. You know, it kind of looks photoshopped. Doesn't look real. It'd be cool if it was, you know. So finally, I guess one of our friends, uh, Rudy Campos Jr., uh, he's the host of Sweep the League podcast. He went on a hunt. He went driving around because we heard that it was in San Marcos. Uh, it was a digital billboard. And sure enough, he did take pictures. He even has video up that you can check out. I believe Jeff Garcia has an article he wrote. Uh, it's up on News 4, on the News 4 website at the Spurs Zone. And you can also check it out on his personal Twitter page at Jeff G at, at, Jeff G at Spurs Zone. And check it out at Rudy's uh, page as well on his Twitter page at Sweep the League. So it's legit. You know, and it says something like Boot Scootin' Boogie. You know, they're trying to entice Boogie Cousins to come and play for the San Antonio Spurs because... Rumor has it, you know, he was talking with uh, DeMar DeRozan. You know, he was kind of, you know, saying, hey, maybe you should come over here and meet with the Spurs. Rumor had it that he was supposed to meet with them sometime this week. I don't know if that happened or not. I don't think we'll ever know <laughs> if it happened. Spurs are really quiet about that kind of stuff. But what did you think about the the billboard, uh, Ty? I mean, it looked, it looked really cool. I mean, oh, it's... When we see all these billboards for everyone, for everywhere else, and they're trying to recruit players, like there's been Kawhi billboards in LA for the Clippers yeah. and stuff like that. I think it's kind of it's kind of a bit refreshing to see that in the in San Antonio area, there's kind of recruiting billboards around, and especially if it's for for Boogie, which is can be a very interesting addition to the Spurs, where some people don't like his attitude, but I'm like one of the guys that this dude is good and. If he's playing around the right system, I think his attitude would change as a result. But um, the billboard, I like the billboard. I don't like the number. I don't like the number because it's Lonnie Walker's number. But he looked great in, in number zero, though, in silver and black. Yeah, you know the thing with with Boogie is he brings an edge to the Spurs. The Spurs really don't have that player who's kind of edgy. You know that'll go out there and they know that he's kind of going to be the enforcer. You know, that's kind of what we're missing. We're missing that edge. And I think if we had a player like Boogie, he gives the Spurs that that edge, you know, like he can come out there and and really get this team fired up and they can play, you know, maybe better defense and and really start getting physical with with the opposing teams. I I like that, you know, and yeah, there's some some things that he has, you know, where he lets his temper get the best of him, but he's kind of done a better job of that as of late. You know, I think under the guidance of the San Antonio Spurs, uh, you know, coaching staff and with Coach Pop and with this Spurs culture here. I, I think he can really flourish, can find a home here and, you know, really show the league what he what he can do. Because if the Spurs sign him, it's going to be for a one year deal. Unfortunately, we'd have to let somebody go like Shazemi met too. Spurs fans have absolutely no problem with letting him go. A lot of people felt a certain way about him. 
But I think he brings that toughness to the San Antonio Spurs if they're able to get him at the right price. So what did you think of the the billboard, Steven? It was cool. I mean, it, it, he does look good in silver and black. I'm, I mean, I won't lie about that. But I mean, realistically, I think there's a better chance of me winning the lottery tomorrow than DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins signing in San Antonio. Does he really want to be with the small market? <laughs> not just that. I mean, will he take the pay cut? I mean, the Spurs only have what I think is like $3.5 or something like that to spend. So will he take a massive pay cut to, to come to San Antonio? I mean, of course, the Spurs would have to either make a trade or make a roster move to get rid of him. And Metu would be, as much as I like the guy, it would have to be him that would I think would be going. And that's the thing for a guy like Cousins. That's the thing you do. You don't question it. That's the thing you do. But first, obviously, get commitment if he's going to come there. Don't don't have Demarcus Cousins pull Kawhi Leonard and take you to day five of free agency without any kind of word of what you're doing. So I mean, you know, the thing is right now is that I, I, the billboard was cool. He looks good in silver and black. I mean, Sham supported, uh, and he's one of the le- most legit guys plugged into the league, just like Wojcicki. And I mean, those are the two guys you trust most when it comes to this type of stuff. And I mean, he heard obviously, as you said, Joe Demar DeRozan and he were and uh, Cousins were talking. Apparently tonight in summer league, uh, the Spurs are playing in summer league right now, and Demar is there, and he gave Boogie a hug. So I mean, make of that what you will. But I mean, I, it's a good thing, as you said. I do agree. You know, it would be cool to see him here. With Spurs do need. It would be cool to have another anchor here. It, it would have Lamarcus play more of the four than the five that he's been accustomed to the past what three or four years now. So I mean, it would be cool to see that, but. I just don't see him coming here, honestly. I, with the pay cut, I think because we there's been a report, like Champ said, that there is, essentially is no market for for Lamarcus, and then any good team that's going to go after him is not going to be it's not going to be high money. Right. And if I'm Lamar, if I'm Demarcus, I keep saying Lamarcus. Also, before we get to that, if it, Demarcus does join, it's going to be a lot of DES on the team. <laughs> <laughs> we got DeRozan, we got Demar, we got DeCar, uh, DeCar. I can't say his name. You got Lamarcus. It's a lot of it's a lot of names. With but uh, Demarcus would, I think Demarcus would be joining a team kind of like what uh, just kind of more ring chasing in a way. Because this is a good if he joins a team, this would be a title contending team. Honestly, the Spurs, if they did, they don't really need him. But if he comes on, it just helps them. And it's in a position that is in kind of need of this team where there isn't really a real defined center. Yeah, Pirtle's there, but he isn't all-star level type talent. As much as I love Pirtle, Pirtle plays his role really well. But if you add DeMarcus into that into that rotation, one, you got a good team that's lined up for depth. It's there's so many different rotations you can throw in there. Also add on that this isn't this isn't Pal Gasol. This is gonna be a guy that can move. And that can stretch the floor much better than Powell could. So it's going to be a lot of – he can play inside, he can stretch the floor, and it just adds on another factor to the Spurs where it can make them a definitely a title contender. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons that, you know, it, if they can get him at the right price, it would be beneficial to the team. But, again, you know, it, it all depends on, you know, what he wants to do. DeMarcus Cousins is no doubt – Probably going to entertain some other offers. I'm sure somebody's going to give him an offer. Some other teams are probably interested. Maybe some other teams have already met with him or called his agent. You know, I heard that that already had, in fact, transpired. So, well, only time will tell if this deal can get done. But one of the things that I found interesting is I remember seeing uh, somewhere on Twitter 
at somebody was going to the Las, uh, to Las Vegas to go watch summer league play. And as soon as they got off the plane, they said, huh, look at the person that I see at the airport right when I get off this plane. And it was RC Buford. So RC is in Vegas right now. DeMar DeRozan's in Vegas and Boogie's in Vegas. So I'm like, hmm, could we be having the meeting there? <laughs> you know, so Plot thickens. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they are going to have a meeting, you know, while they're there watching the game or after the game, what have you. So yeah, you will probably hear some more rumors be swirling around. But regardless, hopefully the Spurs can work out a deal and sign Boogie. I'm sure Spurs fans would be ecstatic and they'll have a jersey of him, no doubt, ready and waiting for sale at the AT&T uh, Center, you know, for for the masses. Over, yeah, over overall, it, for the Spurs, it's a because he would probably be signed with, with lower money with the, with the MLE type money. It's a low risk, high reward if, for, if they sign him. Yeah, it is. But, you know, regardless of what did they sign him or not, the Spurs are still over the cap. You know, how how much were they over the cap, Stephen? I think to my recollection, it was something like, wasn't it like 20 mil that they're over the cap? I believe it was something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. close to the hard cap, essentially. Yeah, so it's like, ouch. You know, there's, they're going to take a hit no matter what. But, I mean, if they can get him on the cheap, like you said, low risk, high reward, pull the trigger on that deal. Make it happen. You know, get rid of Shizemi. You know, he... I love, I love, I love him. I love Metsu. I do love him, man. I've seen him play. You know, I've seen him in the G League and stuff. But, I mean, if the Spurs want to have, like, a, a possibility of getting out of the first round of the playoffs, you need some depth and you need some veteran leadership. You definitely do. And then that's what Boogie's going to give you. You know, if you can keep him healthy, monitor his minutes, he's going to give you that little push you need to contend with some of these other teams to get beyond the first round of the playoffs and contend, you know, in the second and maybe possibly go into the, the Western Conference Finals. So, yeah, and Like I said, it's, he's not a wash-up Pau Gasol. This is still a Boogie that's someone in his prime that can still yeah. play on a starter on all kind of NBA talent just if he's put in the correct role. Yeah, correct role. It has to be the right fit. You know, go to the right team that can really, really utilize him. You know, I think he was underutilized and maybe underappreciated when he was over there at with Golden State. They didn't really, you know, use him too well. Kind of like with KD, you know, they want you there, but then when you're there, maybe the staff, the coaching staff, you know, the coaches want you there, but the players don't really make you feel welcome. You know, they kind of have this chip on their shoulder like Draymond Green, you know, like he told KD, we won without you. We don't really need you. Well, if you don't need them, why are you recruiting them? You know, why are you enticing exactly. them to come here? You do need them. So just shut your mouth and play ball. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, be quiet, you know. So uh, we'll go ahead and move on. And we're going to go ahead and talk about our last uh, subject here, which is our, our last take for the night. We're going to talk about Spurs Summer League, you know. Right now, what player or players really stand out at you guys? What like who who's surprising you right now? For me, I like a lot of what I see out of Luka Simonic. And I also like what I'm seeing not just out of him, but I gotta say, Lonnie Walker, man, he's kind of surprised me. You know, I'm like, hmm, he's playing at a high level right now. I like the improvements that he's made to his game, you know, so I'm excited to see what he can bring this coming season. So I like both of these players. I like Luca a lot because of his, his athleticism. He can see the, you know, what's going on on the floor. He can see these plays transpiring. 
He knows the spots to get to on the court. You know, he sets screens for his teammates. He gets back out. Once he sets a screen, he'll pull back out beyond the arc, get set and ready for the pass. If it comes his way, it comes his way. He shoots the the three. You know, he's not afraid to take that shot. Very athletic. You know, he's good on the break. I saw him finish the break uh, several times in, in summer league play. You know, he had some great dunks. Uh, can play defense quite well. So I like a lot of things that I'm seeing out of this young man. Um, but Ty, who's who really stands out at you right now? Or, or what players should we keep an eye out on? Kelvin Johnson is one that's very been enticing to me. Where, and Because after game one in, in uh, Salt Lake City, game two, they, uh, coaches sat out set up Lonnie Walker um uh some of the bigger guards that were getting more getting more touches than Keldon was in game one so Keldon only had like a four-point game in game one but game two he went off and showed off what he could do he is a essentially he could be a great two-way player in this league not I wouldn't say not maybe not as great as Kawhi but his the fundamentals are there he's definitely a fundamentally sound type player and he could be he could be Get some good minutes within the rotation if he develops throughout the season. Uh, another one, always, I think everyone would be excited for is Lu- is Lucas Samanich. He's always this dude has. If you want a fundamental guy, this is your dude. He is. He has all those fundamental steps that you need. Yeah, he has a lack of really NBA experience. He has a lot. He has some poor decision making, and he needs he needs to bulk up a bit. But that all. That's all stuff that you can work on, that you can improve and develop on. Not not stuff that defensive IQ, stuff like that. He has that. And I just wish that – also the one thing I really want him to work on is finishing dunks because this dude could have posters in the league if he just learned how to finish some dunks. <laughs> that is true. But, you know, it comes with time. You know, he still gets a little bit uh, – I think it's like inexperience, you know, that that he needs to kind of – get you know he has an experience he needs to get that experience he needs to get a little bit more comfortable out there but once he does we're gonna see some posters no doubt of him you know posterizing some good uh players on some good teams uh during the regular season but yeah i like that man i, I like those players that you mentioned right now uh and what about you steven uh, who do you think we should keep an eye out on you know or, or who's really standing out at you right now well i do agree uh obviously luca playing fantastic uh Lonnie Walker is showing uh, great signs of his growth and has me excited uh, for the upcoming season uh, because apparently, from what I've heard, Pop wants to make the new quote-unquote big three of DeJounte, Lonnie, and Derek White, which I'm very excited about. But one thing nobody really has mentioned, other than uh, Keldon Johnson also, as you guys said, I look, I think of, of the two, Luca and Keldon Johnson, I think Keldon Johnson has a better – I don't I keep saying his full name – has a better um, – chance of getting on the roster because of his defensive abilities but um going to who's impressed me most for uh, other than those would have to be and i love saying his name quindary weatherspoon um, <laughs> or q like guy, he wants to be called he likes to be called q. I, I keep hearing spoon keep calling spoon <laughs> <laughs> the guy is good i mean he is showing early on that give him two years at max maybe three the guy could be a force in the NBA. I mean, he has a good jump shot. He he reads defense as well. He he's not he's not. I mean, it is summer league. Let's just let's be real. But he's early on. He's not afraid to get his hands in there, get the get the ball out of the defender's hands. He's not afraid to you know 
just really getting himself into the game. And that's something I think the Spurs are missing. As you said, Joe, they're missing that guy who's really has an attitude. Dead I'm not edge. saying Quindary has an attitude, yeah. but I mean, he, he has, he can bring some force. And I think on this Spurs team, I mean, obviously let's, let's be real. Let's just say it right now. The Spurs are not competing for a championship unless they signed to Marcus Cousins. Uh, they're not going to be competing for a championship this season or maybe not even next season. But the future looks very, very bright for this team, considering with DeJounte, Derek White, um, Lonnie, uh, you have Keldon Johnson, you have Weatherspoon. And I mean, this, this team looks like it could be very, very good in the future and a championship contender as well. But I mean, obviously summer league is for the future and the future uh, for the Spurs looks very bright right now. I don't, I don't agree with the, that the Spurs aren't, cont- aren't contending for a title. This I knew season. you were going to say okay. that. Unless they <laughs> I say that this team was a almost a 51 teams last season, and this was and that was a team that was built off a trade that Spurs were not really wanting to do. This mm-hmm. now coming on to this season, they really found some pieces that fix in for places that the team really needed. This is that small four position again, Demar Carroll. Did I say that right, Demari? Demari Carroll. Just say Demari. Demari. There we go. That's all I need. But uh, yes, it's but uh. The team is is filling positions that they really need. They get Demari Carroll, who's a really ne- needed type position. We're in that four three position. Then you also add on the the young talent that you have. You also have Dejounte coming back. But last year's team was was not that bad. Yeah, they had a roller coaster of a season, having their ups and downs. But that was a two games away from a fifty win season. True. And especially coming into this West, I still think that this team is built for how the NBA is going to play with depth type depth type play that that's how the league's going to go. And I think that they're going to be much better this season, especially with DeMar and uh, Yaka being the system for their second year. Now you got, you got rookies like Lonnie going to get definitely gets more minutes. Derek White's going to get more minutes. He's has a good year of experience. Uh, DeJounte is coming back from rehab. I think a year and a half of time of coning up his skills. And I think he's going to be better than he was, than he was two years ago. So, I think this team is going to be much better. It's going to be very underrated compared to other seasons because other people are just not aware of the talent that's kind of being developed in San Antonio. One thing you don't have to also mention is that I mean I think we all can agree on this. The West is wide open now, considering oh, Golden yeah. State oh, is yes. going to be is going to be a shell of itself. I mean, uh, you, Clay Thompson out for I believe it's the majority of the season. Uh, Durant is gone. Um, Iguodala is gone. You know, it's going to be Steph Curry and. Psh, I don't even know who else. I mean, Angela Russell and Draymond Green. Draymond <laughs> Green's their second option at this moment. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be an interesting season for, for for Golden State for many many reasons. But the West is wide open. Obviously, Denver hasn't had many changes that I saw at least up to this point right now. And they're so, getting they're getting Michael Porter Jr. too coming yeah. off the injury too. It's yeah. So Denver's going to be very 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 good. If you thought if, if if people thought they were good last season, this season they could be even better. Don't um, forget Houston, the Utah Jazz, Houston. though. Don't forget the Jazz. They did some yes. some moves as well. well yes. Yeah. While the West, but you also have to remember the the system. It takes a while for people to get used to that system. So yeah, they can make all the moves they want, but can they play together? And we we don't know yet. Enough. Yeah. It's it's while the West is wide open to for anyone, the West itself has gotten stacked as a result too. Where you had to look at teams like the Pelicans, where yeah, that's a young team, but they're still stacked with talent. Utah Jazz, they're stacked at this point. Um, the Lakers could go any way at this moment. Right now, it's 
if they don't get Kawhi, that you don't know how that's going to go. But if they do get Kawhi, that's going to be probably the best team in the league, undoubtedly. But I'm not going to say it's a given championship for that type of Lakers team if they can't sign a bench. But still, you got to look at all these other teams where there is talent. There is going to be vast amounts of talent in the West, no matter where Kawhi goes. And it's it's still going to be rough. And But I still think the Spurs could pull it out, no matter what. Yeah, there's only one thing that really troubles me about the San Antonio Spurs. They're still lacking a wing defender. And as we saw in the Toronto Raptors when they won their, their chip this year, they had a wing defender in Danny Green, you know, and they played really hard-nosed defense. You know, the Spurs, the two things that really worry me is, one, wing defender, two, their inconsistency on the defensive front. There's still things that they need to clean up they're not very consistent when it comes to playing defense, especially when they're on the road. If you really want to be able to contend for a championship, hopefully this season they can go ahead and rectify that horrible road record that they had in the prior season. If they can win games on the road consistently by playing hard-nosed defense, they put themselves up you know, to have great success. And they can go far in the playoffs, but it all starts with defense Specifically, they need a wing defender because, let's face it, we saw most of the season and even in the postseason, teams were just shooting threes on the Spurs left and right because they didn't really have anybody that could guard, you know, the wing. So that's one of their weaknesses. Uh, so I'm hoping that they can fix that. You know, the, the team can fix that and they can play really good defense and they have, you know, a backcourt of DeJounte and Derek White and they come into their own and they're a dynamic duel alongside with, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, and you maybe throw Yaka Portal, so let's see what he can can do this coming season. That's a formidable five. And then if you can even throw in Boogie as a solid, you know, backup or even a starter, depending on the uh, the matchup on any given night, Spurs are, are going to be a really formidable team. But either way, I still like what they're doing with this team as far as the youth movement. I just want to see him play more consistent defense. If they can do that, like I said, I think we're all in agreement. If they can do that, they set themselves up for success moving forward. I mean, didn't you all see yep. that as well? I know it wasn't just me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they uh, that's the one thing. that, that That's the reason why, guys, I said that they're not built for a championship right now because of that defense. I mean, obviously, defense wins championships. Um, but, yeah, if they can get sustained, I can't talk tonight, a consistent <laughs> defense – then they'll be fine. And one thing I will disagree with Joe is they don't have a, a good wing defender. I mean, that's why I think they brought in Damari Carroll because the guy has a good offensive game, but also his defense, I think is underrated. A lot of people don't realize how good of a defender he was in Brooklyn. And obviously when you get guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and, and Damar and not Damar and uh, <laughs> Jordan, Deandre Jordan um, in Brooklyn, you're going to have to get rid of guys. And, and he's one of the guys that had to go. And unfortunately for Spurs fans, he landed right here in San Antonio. So, I think overall the defense will get better just because there's a there's not all those players that were there last season that really hurt the defense. And just being around the Spurs system, I think players will develop. But you also get more minutes from – you'll get more minutes from Derek. You'll get more minutes from Lonnie, who's – Lonnie's a pretty decent defender himself. Look for Keldon gets some minutes in the rotation, and he's going to be a sound defender. Um, there's I think there's just more than Carroll. He has some defensive skills as well. I think there's going to be a more consistent defense by far from last season. I don't know if that's guaranteed, though, but I would expect the defense to be much better. 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to be much better this this coming season as well. So before we go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast, I'd like to give you guys an opportunity to go ahead and plug yourselves so people can follow you on, on social media. So we'll start with you, Ty, since you are a guest. Where can they follow you? And not only you, but your great podcast community that you have going on as well. I will. You can follow me on Twitter at Ty Yeager Radio. That's Ty Yeager Radio. Yeager spelled just like the alcohol, J-A-G-E-R Radio. You can follow my podcast at the line, at the line pod, easy as that, or at the line podcast.com. Then you can follow the Rise Up podcast community on Twitter at rupodcommunity, or you can find them at bit.ly slash community. All right, and what about you, Stephen? Where can they follow you on social media? All right, since we talked about both uh, pop culture and sports, I'm going to give both of my handles out. So on my social media for Spurs, uh, for soccer, for Rampage, for whatever sports San Antonio has, basically, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at TheStevenA underscore. You'll have, obviously, post-game recaps, uh, articles, video, uh, post-game reports, things like that over there. Uh, If you guys are interested in Stranger Things, talking Stranger Things, talking reality TV like America's Got Talent, Big Brother, anything like that, you guys can follow me on Twitter at StevenTV underscore. My name is Steven with a PH, guys. So um, you guys can follow me on there. I've had people put V and it was just a big mess. Anyway, so Steven (laughs) with a PH and either StevenTV or Steven or the Steven A underscore on Twitter. Uh, all social medias are the same, so feel free to follow and enjoy the content. I, I'm, I've got I got over 600 followers this past week, so I'm very excited about that. Well, congratulations, <laughs> like earthquakes, guys, too. Because while <laughs> yeah. we were while we were recording this, an earthquake happened in uh, yep. summer league. Oh yeah. wow, <laughs> nice. Following that all night. So I got to check that out too. You know, but I got to end this episode too because we, for some reason, I have my neighbors deciding to come out and pop fireworks. At, oh, that's fun. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost it's 11 right. o'clock here at night. Or, you know, we're over here in San Antonio, it's 1051, and we got people wanting to pop fireworks right now. So it is what it is, you know. So it's bringing it to an end. People can go ahead and follow me, you know, on, on Two Shots Podcast. We're all over social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Shots Podcast. So for Steven Anderson and Ty Yeager, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So until next time, guys, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.